From your local Houston BMW Center Studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I am your host, KG Smooth. I also may be known as Chris from Ready to Love, season three and four. You stole my thunder, sir. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's quite all right. I'm Uncle Funky Larry Jones, and I'm co-hosting with, yes, Ready to Love's and Houston's own superstar, KG Chris Green Smooth. And you brought about a bit of change to the program. I did. I mean, who knew that I would be making history on a television show? Um, and I stay away from the comments, or at least last season, I stayed away from, like, you know, the comments on social media, the YouTube recaps, the, the Facebook groups and all of that. Um but this go round, I've been just peeping around just a little bit, and it's nothing but love. I mean, people are really, really, genuinely, honestly rooting for me. Well, this I, I'm a firm believer in you. You, you, you get what you give, and you give love, you're gonna receive love. And for all that other stuff that shows up, it's just other stuff. I don't worry about that. Yeah. But like yeah. I said. You brought change, <laughs> yeah, which and, leads us into our show. Yes, and, and, and we are all about change because change happens. And on the phone line, we have the CEO of this incredible organization, Change Happens, uh, which is at changehappenstx.org. Please welcome the lovely Helen Stagg to the Public Affairs Podcast. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm, it's a great pleasure and an honor to be here today. Indeed. Um, tell us about Change Happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long have you all been around and, and doing your deal in the community? Well, Change Happens has been around for 31 years. Oh, wow. uh, we're located in the heart of Third Ward, Houston. We have grown to over 65 employees today. We started off with one program Uh, with substance abuse treatment, and now we've branched into over 26 programs, 65 employees, and we have services in 31 counties throughout Texas as well. Wow. Wow, Ms. Helen, that is absolutely phenomenal. Um, And congratulations on the success of Change. 31 years. For sure. That is is phenomenal. Uh, Ms. Helen, can you tell us about any upcoming events you have? Well, one of our uh, events that's coming up, and actually it is a week from Friday on April the 23rd, we're having our annual spring breakfast. It's a virtual event. We created the spring breakfast about 12 years ago with the intention to help introduce Change Happens to our community so that people would get to know us, to know what we do how we do it, why we do it, and the impact that we were having. We wanted to introduce new persons to come in and support us and to volunteer and to uh, be able to help work uh, with our programs. And that was a way that we could share information. So that tradition continues today. And this virtual event will be on Friday the 23rd at 9 o'clock. Uh, to 10 o'clock. It's a short uh, period of time just to learn more about what we do. And we hope that we'll have people come in for that uh, to learn more about Change Happens and how they can get involved. We also have an event coming up, our, an annual event. It's called our uh, Youth Summit. 
it's an event where we bring youth together uh, in one setting. It is also a virtual summit, but they'll learn uh, information from experts and expertise and from one another and colleagues about uh, positive youth development, issues about uh, those things that may be impacting uh, youth uh, today. So that is an annual event, and we're, uh, it's planned for June the 5th, and it's also a virtual event. And then coming up in November, we have our annual fall luncheon uh, on November the 5th, and that's an, an opportunity for us to also uh, help raise money for our programs and our services, but also to introduce and uh, give people an opportunity to learn more about the impact and why the investment in our organization and what kind of impact it's having. Indeed. Uh, Ms. Helen, I understand that, you know, Change Happens is a new name for the organization. You were formerly known as Families Under Urban and Social Attack. Now, I have heard of them. I do remember them. So I was like, dang, like 31 years, like Change Happens. I I've been doing Access Houston like I never had. Mm-hmm. But now that I see that you were under, you know, FU USA, ah, there we go. So why why, why the name and the, uh, and the change in the name? Excuse me. Well, we changed our name in 2010. Uh, when we first started as an organization, Families Under Urban and Social Attack, there were a lot of things going on in the community, in the uh, state, and, our, and in the world for that instance particularly issues of substance uh, misuse and the crack cocaine uh, pandemic that was starting and the issues surrounding families. And so that name was created. But as we evolved and as things changed and as the needs of the community changed and as we look forward to the future and in terms of how our vision for the future, we wanted to have a name that exemplified and represented that. And uh, so Change Happens was this vision that uh, no matter the circumstances, that there is possibility that things can change and that you can grow and all of those transformative things that can happen to change a direction and a pathway and ultimately uh, change a life. And that's what the, why we made the decision to change it, the so, name. So, Ms. Helen, uh, you've led us right into the next obvious question for all of our listeners. Can you explain the different types of programs at Change Happens? Yes. So Change Happens has this empowering kind of holistic approach. We found that there was not just one need that the families and the communities and individuals that we were working with had. And so we've responded to those needs, and we have a wide variety of programs and services. We have after-school and summer enrichment programs. We go into schools and deliver curriculum for prevention of drugs, alcohol, tobacco. We have evidence-based programs to prevent teen pregnancy. We are one of only two navigator programs in the state of Texas and one of only 10 in the United States that works to outreach, educate, and enroll individuals in the Affordable Care Act with access to health insurance. Uh, We have programs that work with um, 
prevention uh, of substance use and treatment for people who are experiencing homelessness uh, and co-occurring mental disorders. We have housing programs to provide uh, permanent housing and supportive services to people who are experiencing homelessness. We have programs that work with HIV prevention and treatment and linkages to care and uh, other kind of essential support services. We lead a consortium of organizations and groups uh, in the Northern Third Ward area to work on issues of affordable housing, economic redevelopment, increasing services for women and children, and uh, community engagement. We're doing work now uh, around the COVID vaccine. Uh, we're getting information and collecting about vaccine hesitancy. We're also working to educate and provide opportunities and to clarify uh, misconceptions about the vaccine. Uh, we also provide case management for children with special needs and uh, for pregnant women. So we have this wide range of programs, uh, mentoring programs. We're one of the 10 uh, programs that the Obama Foundation, My Brother's Keeper, awarded uh, in this last two years uh, for an impact grant. And we focus that program uh, with Yates High School and boys and young men of color, providing them with a one-to-one -one match, uh, someone, a caring adult. So it's a wide range of programs and services, uh, meeting the needs of people and meeting the needs within the community where people are. Mm, we love it. You listen to the Public Affairs Podcast. We are talking to uh, Miss Helen Stagg, the CEO of Change Happens in Third Ward. Uh, tell us about this great new uh, property that you all are sitting on, That which it's so... Um, amazing and interesting to me because your building is sitting on land that was once occupied by drug houses and, mm -hmm. you know, condemned properties. Like to <laughs> tell us about that. I love that, by Rebirth. the way. Rebirth. Yeah. Yeah, when Change Happens first got its start, um, the we bought buildings or, or houses that were used uh, for uh, to do drugs. You know, the community affectionately called them crack houses right. because of the activities that took place there. But we bought those buildings and put them on property, uh, renovated, cleaned them up. And that's where our programs actually began 31 years ago. Uh, our after-school programs began there. Our treatment programs began there. Uh, and our services started there. Uh, years later, uh, in 2005, we engaged in a capital campaign to build a new building on the same site that those houses set. And we raised money and funds to build this 27,000 square foot, three-story building that sits on Elgin and Sampson, uh, as I mentioned, right in the heart of Northern Third Ward. And um, through that capital campaign, we were blessed and fortunate enough to pay for the building outright when we moved into it in May of 2005. Mm. CKGY, I, I, I always try to reference historic Third Ward, Texas, yeah. because there, 
this there's been such an evolving history of the ups and downs, the ebb and flow in that community. But but organizations like uh, Change Can Happen um, has been since what 1989, mm-hmm. 90, uh, a beacon of hope for the community. And with all that, Miss Helen, I know some folk are ready to uh, dispose of some disposable income and help you with your efforts. So how can our listeners donate to the cause? Yes, you can go to our website at www.changehappenstx.org and uh, donate there. There's a donate tab and all you have to do is hit it and Certainly, uh, it will give you the instructions to make a donation. Indeed. And the 12th annual virtual spring breakfast, breakfast, planting dreams, nurtured in love, harvesting possibilities. Uh, who came up with that theme and, and, and what, does it, what does it mean um, to you all over there at change happens i mean to me it all makes it it all ties in you know with spring everything that you just said but i i would like to know what uh, the philosophy is behind it yeah i think you know you're absolutely right in terms of uh this event was planned for the springtime and you know it the spring is symbolic of things growing things mm-hmm. being planted mm-hmm. you plant a garden you nurture that garden and it the possibilities grow from that and that's what we try to do with our programs. You know, we point the way. We try to uh, provide opportunities and the tools and resources that people need. And so this uh, spring breakfast and that uh, topic is about how can we plant those dreams? How can we provide opportunities for people? to live their dreams and how can we nurture and support them and point the way and provide them with the tools and opportunities. And then they harvest the possibilities that all of that has created in their own lives. Indeed. Uh, Ms. Helen, can you tell us about your keynote speaker for the event? So the keynote speaker uh, for the spring breakfast, we don't have a specific keynote speaker. What we have is a team of partners that we've worked with uh, to talk about the work and our relationships and the impact that we're having. So we have uh, speakers that will be a mentor who's worked with young men of color uh, and mentored them. We have a speaker who's from the University of Houston who we have partnerships with to do some evaluation of our programs and activities, collecting the data to really give evidence that of the success that we're having. We have speaker of a local principal of an elementary school there in third ward Houston, who we work with uh, to provide support for the students there to help them uh, with things like computers and um, other kinds of tools and resources that can support students and families uh, in the area. Uh, We have speakers that are going to be talking about our relationships and our, uh, how we work together and collaborate, collaborated. You know, Change Happens believes that there is nothing of significance that we can do by ourselves. 
it takes all of us working together. So we have created and fostered all of these kinds of partnerships with other organizations and other institutions so that we can provide the best opportunity uh, for people that we serve. Indeed. Just to miss Helen, this is Larry, another question. Uh, will you have people who have come through your program speaking to the guest? Yes, okay. we will. We, uh, we will have a, some of our program participants will also speak uh, and they'll tell a little bit about their experiences and what the program means to them. And we have a video of some of, of additional uh, participants who will be uh, presenting through that video. Excellent. Indeed. Just excellent. Yeah. So Friday, April 23rd, 9 a.m., the 12th annual virtual spring breakfast, planting dreams, nurtured in love, harvesting possibilities being put on by change happens. Uh, save the date. Um, and I'm sure that you all, um, do you all need volunteers or, or can, people can donate uh, to help keep things going? Yes, we can use volunteers. And, uh, we have on our website at changehappenstx.org, there's an opportunity to sign up as a volunteer as well. Indeed, and, and, and donate as well, correct? Yes. Awesome. What are you looking forward to for the virtual spring breakfast, Ms. Helen? Well, I think it will certainly provide an opportunity for you to learn about the amazing work that we're doing. Change Happens is one of the largest black-founded organizations in the greater Gulf Coast region, and we want uh, people to know about the work we're doing, the impact that we're doing uh, in the community, and how we are supporting and helping to uh, change uh, change lives. And Ms. Helen, I remember early in the conversation you mentioned uh, you have over 60 employees. Uh, are these all men and women who've come through the program? Are they, uh, did they come through the program? They're, no, they're from all walks. They're, okay. you know, college graduates. They all have different kinds of credentials in terms of... Uh, you know, we have social workers, we have uh, chemical dependency counselors, mm. so we have a wide range. We mm -hmm. have a very diverse uh, staff as well. Uh, so it's a very talented, uh, special group of people who work really hard every day, who are really engaged and involved in all and, and committed uh, to the work that they do. Well, we want to send nothing but blessings to you and the organization for the next 31,000 years, if need be, because you're doing a wonderful work for a lot of people who folks sometimes turn their back on and have no hope and nowhere else to go. And I'm so glad that you are part of the podcast that, that we can showcase your great work around the globe and for our men and women in the military who are listening to the hometown station can feel real good about what you're doing with Change Happens. Well, thank you very much. I'd also like to acknowledge our Change Happens Board of Directors and all of our supporters and donors and funders and constituents and all of the partners that we have that we work with. It, as I mentioned, it really takes everybody working together to really create a sustainable change and uh, to transform lives and communities. So 
we're very uh, blessed to be able to work with people who support us. And I thank you for the opportunity for me to share more information about what we do and invite people to participate in our spring breakfast and learn more about it. Absolutely. That is uh, this Friday, April 23rd at 9 a.m. Log on to changehappenstx.org. Ms. Helen, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. We appreciate you and your time. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure talking with you. Thank you, ma'am. And for everyone else, the podcast continues right after this. From your local Houston BMW Center Studios, welcome back to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth, joined by my uh, man. You're just, I could go down a laundry list. Uh, he's everything to me, but uh, Uncle Funky Larry Jones. Let me, let's just say this, man. God makes no mistakes. We were introduced to Aww. each other over 10 years ago. Yeah. And uh, our roots and background in broadcasting, in communication, are we, we've lived parallel lives, I say that. And I, being the senior statesman, <laughs> am so proud of you and all that you've accomplished, uh, not just on the radio, but of course a lot of people are catching up with your uh, second season now with Ready to Love, and, and we're just blown away about the reception, by the love, yeah. how much people are really getting to know the real you and appreciate your honesty in the strange world of reality radio. But <laughs> as you, you, as you, I mean, reality TV, uh, but as you stated, you came in with love and you handle yourself in and with love. And with that, my friend, uh, you're going to, to, to reap the benefit. And I just hope that you are ready for love because it's coming your way in yeah, in, yeah, in, in multitude in <laughs> yeah, but 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 speaking of love yeah yes our, our our next guest been loving on us for a long time she was <laughs> she was forced to listen to me in the morning in the backseat of her mother's car <laughs> wow. while, while going to school <laughs> or something like that okay, right now but no one's forcing me now. I love listening to y'all now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Bring her in, KG. It, well, she is a OBGYN, and from just listening to her voice, which vibrates on a, a mm -hmm. frequency that does something to my body here, um, please oh, okay. welcome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Please welcome the lovely Dr. Andrea Alexander, better known as Dr. Dre, now paging Dr. Dre. Welcome hello, to the Public Affairs Podcast. Welcome back, because, yeah. you know, you were yes. on with Larry. I missed that uh, recording because um, I was secretly filming the new season of Ready to Love when you guys uh, conversed. Mm -hmm. But it is it is nice to cyber meet you. Yes, yes. And thank you guys for having me back. I see you doing your thing on Ready to Love. I've been tuning in. So yeah. congratulations oh, thank you so on much. that. Thank you so much. It's just, it's of course. wild. I've made history. I was a surprise the way that the <laughs> network rolled it out. Like, I literally, I had no idea that they were rolling it out like this. And it's just like, wow. It's like I'm the star right, of the show right. or well, something. Like, it's so. You you, de you deserve a second chance. So well, I'm looking forward uh, to seeing what happens this season. Indeed. Thank you, Dr. J. So, what's the, um, what's the latest? I know that we just wrapped up Black Maternal Health Week. Uh, which was last week, the 11th through the 17th. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Can you get us up 
on any of the maternal issues that women are facing um, or what, what is it that we should know and, and the effects mm-hmm. of Maternal Health Week? Right, right. So my biggest thing is that I, I just want to increase in awareness about Black Maternal Health Week, which was, of course, created by the Black Mamas Alliance. Um, so I'm just grateful that we even had this week to bring a lot of awareness to a lot of our women. So, I mean, my biggest issues is we're going to have to increase the maternal mortality committees um, that the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists have already formed, you know, just getting different protocols in place for different emergency conditions like obstetrical hemorrhage and um, whenever you have a patient who's presenting with hypertensive emergencies, getting different protocols in place for hospitals um, across the country, and of course, implementing training against implicit bias is going to be our biggest thing. So, uh, Doc, I, I I took my first Pfizer shot this week, and I was in, okay. I was in line with a young lady who is pregnant. Uh-huh. Is there any more information women need to be concerned about or think about if they're going to take the, get the vaccines? Right. Um, you know, right now, I think that there's a lot of, um, I don't want to say negative connotation, but there's a lot of suspicion mm-hmm. um, regarding the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. <laughs> um, to say so, the least. You know, just for right. I'm sorry? <laughs> I said to say the least. <laughs> I know, right? I I mean, I have some raised eyebrows, too. So, you know, I think that, you know, that's my main point is mainly to stray away from the Johnson & Johnson vaccine until we get some more research and evidence-based practices behind what's going on. Um, But I definitely think if you are high risk for contracting the COVID virus, like if you work in healthcare or a nursing home or if anyone in your family has Um, the coronavirus or if they previously had it, I would definitely consider getting the vaccine um, if you're pregnant. We're not going to necessarily see the maternal effects or the infant effects from this vaccine because it's still fairly novel. Um, So there's not a lot of pregnant patients that are participating in the studies. But if you do get the vaccine while you're pregnant, then you are encouraged to report it to your OBGYN um, just so so that they can file it with the appropriate authority um, figures. Mm. Do they know of any of the effects or side effects from pregnant women taking the vaccine? Like, has there been enough study done that a woman can confidently inject this vaccine into her and not have to worry about the health of herself or her unborn child? Right. Um, You know, right now, that's a really difficult question to answer, because like I said, you know, there's not a lot of pregnant patients that are participating in the study. So I think a patient's individual comfortability factor is going to be based off of what's already present, right? Mm-hmm. Um, So, you know, if she's had family members who have gotten the vaccine and they've tolerated it well, well, then great. She might feel comfortable doing that. Um, You know, usually the antibodies that result from taking a vaccine um, do cross the placenta and help the baby to form um, defense mechanisms and to boost the baby's immune system into fighting off the virus. We don't know the effects of that just because, you know, the virus is still quite novel into our current day society. But You know, this is something that we'll be looking into later on down the road. But just from a scientific perspective, if you're getting 
um, of vaccine in pregnancy. For example, we take the flu vaccine in pregnancy. We take the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine in pregnancy. The antibodies do cross the placenta and have beneficial effects in the baby. It helps the baby to form defense. So for right now, of course, all of this is speculation. And as new information unfolds, we'll, you know, make um, different hypotheses and conclusions um, as more information comes out. But for right now, we're thinking that the vaccine is going to have a beneficial effect because those antibodies are going to help the baby to fight off the infection. Yeah. And KG, that was part of the conversation that I uh, was engaged in. The young lady was planning to breastfeed mm-hmm. and she wanted to give her child and herself the very best defense mechanism against this virus. Mm-hmm. So she said, without a doubt, uh, I'm not worried. I, I'm, I'm more concerned about my child, and I want to make sure mm-hmm. he or she doesn't contract the virus. So Indeed. she was right there. And Dr. Dre, you said something that mm-hmm. <laughs> that is mm-hmm. that should be yeah, highlighted. And you know, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you'll ever come into contact with that situation again. <laughs> but if you do, you know, um, one of the things that we recommend for breastfeeding moms during this time is you know, whether you're using a pump or if you're putting the baby directly to the breast, we recommend washing your hands, washing the breast. If you're high risk, like working in a nursing home or a healthcare facility, wearing your mask as you breastfeed your baby, or if you have the coronavirus, wear a mask while breastfeeding your baby. So those are just some of the things that we try to tell moms to implement during this time. Mm-hmm. And as you said, it's all, um, you know, you, even you all in the medical community are a little skeptical. As am I, because when I look at the when I look at this in in totality, Mm -hmm. it's still it's experimental. Mm -hmm. It's experimental. It's not even approved by the FDA yet because because of that emergency um, thing that they did while Trump was still in office. So Mm -hmm. this isn't these vaccines aren't even approved by the FDA yet. They were just signed over as uh, some emergency thing and it's still experimental and people are out Mm -hmm. here. I'm, I'm so sorry. And, and, and what I'm saying, this, this, these are not the views and the opinions of radio one Houston or urban one as a corporation. (laughs) This is just me, KG smooth, Christopher green. These are my personal thoughts and opinions on this vaccine and how it is being rolled out. Mm-hmm. I, right. I, it, there hasn't right. been and enough. I, I, I can, there hasn't been enough. Yeah. Hasn't been enough yeah, research. I, I, can, I can agree with you somewhat there. I mean, um, I do think that the initial um, steps that were taken in the laboratory to like formulate the vaccine, I think that's all, that all of those steps were there. It's just when you think about where we are, like you said, as far as administering the vaccine, we still don't have information off of the effects and the sequela from getting the vaccine. And, that's um, what I'm saying. and I know that there's a lot of people out there that say, well, we take a lot of um, medications that aren't FDA approved, which is very true, right? Me as an um, obstetrician and gynecologist, I prescribe medications all the time that aren't necessarily approved for certain indications by the FDA. So I mean, yes, I understand that, but I also think whenever you compound that with the novelness of this situation, the novelness of this virus, and the fact that we're black, I mean, let's just keep it real. 
right? Medicine yeah. has always been experimentation for us. You know, and I mean, and, I mean and, and yet people want to, and they still want to trust their oppressor. Like, this is a capitalistic right. country. And it just mm-hmm. raises eyebrows to me that the government is giving out this vaccine when they could be mm-hmm. making millions of billions of dollars off of this mm-hmm. joint. And now, you know, you, you all are giving it away. It just, right. I don't know. It, it, it definitely causes some concern for me. Yeah. I always tell people, yes, I'm a doctor, but I'm a black woman first. Come on. And um, I'm a conspiracy theorist with that. Come on. <laughs> so, and listen here. And listen, and, and is there such a thing? I mean, the CIA, they, they coined that term. So to me, conspiracy right. truths if you if you really want to get it but that's listen well i took the vaccine i took the pfizer i go back may 3rd for my second and there's nothing growing out of my neck i am just fine (laughs) at least the pfizer one we haven't heard anything about the pfizer one right right so far the pfizer and the moderna we haven't really heard of any negative sequela um thus far but you know like we said it still hasn't been you know, rolled out to everybody. And it's so funny. um, I saw a bumper sticker on somebody's truck. And now, you know, we're in Texas, and I'm in a particularly um, Mm -hmm. melanin deficient area. Uh So I'm pretty sure this person (laughs) who had the bumper sticker was the Trump supporter. But the bumper sticker still rang true. It said the same people who sell the panic, sell the pill. And it's, hey. that's very, that is very true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. Well, if, if any strange effects happen to me, I'll let you know. But so far, well, yes, it, yeah, me let me ring, know too, please. because I, you know. I got a remedy for you. I know some things that you can take that can take those metals out of you. Well, that, that's <laughs> what's funny about all of this, because I'm already taking all of that anyway. So, but anyway, oh. I guess we're I digressing get, into I a space. That. I can, I, yeah. I get that. I can get that. I mean, I'm 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 zinked up. I'm seed up. I'm beat up. I'm deed up. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm elderberry up. And I'm drinking yeah, water. So thing. I'm sea moss yeah. up. Yeah. Um, I was about to ask, do you take sea moss? Daily. Something I got an. Oh, okay. Daily. How do you daily, take it? Do daily. you just blend it in your smoothies, or you put it in your water, or what do you do? I'm taking it with a. I'm taking it in a capsule form. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. With my 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 green and beet drink in the morning. Nice, so nice. I, don't, yeah. I take mine um, in a gel. Um, so I'll just okay. do a mm-hmm. teaspoon and then wash it down with some water. But I too like Larry um, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, vitamin K, yeah, all, uh, all of that. You doing that because you want Ray to love and you trying to find you a hot little something. Don't. <laughs> we, we, we know exactly what's going on. Well, you know, well, what it was when we had, a, we, had a, um, we had a toxicology doctor on uh, last year mm-hmm. when it first popped off. And she told us uh, the proper things to take, supplements and vitamins uh, to take at the, the onset of the pandemic and this virus. And, uh, we took heed, and I've been consistent with it throughout this entire time. I ain't caught the COVID. Okay. I don't took 511,000 <laughs> tests while we were filming. Uh, but, okay. yeah, I've been good. Okay, good, good, yeah. good. I might have to see what capsules Larry is taking. Y'all might have to give me that info because I actually really want to look into taking CMOS. Yeah, it's amazing. It has 92 of the or 93 of the 102 mm-hmm. um nutrients and you know minerals mm-hmm. and things that our body needs and once people mm-hmm. like realize that 
we are earth. We are the earth. I mean, mm-hmm. we are, we're nine yeah. ether beings. Our, our hair curls up the same way that a plant grows when it grows and it curls. I mean, if mm-hmm. you look at, you know, the back of a, of a man's head and he got waves, I mean, it's the same as like the ocean, like we are earth. So mm-hmm. eat more plants, right. people. Right. <laughs> Indeed. Some of them waves are man-made, though. You know, you, you got to go through a whole process to do that. That's okay. We like that, too. <laughs> yes, indeed. So what's new? What's coming up for you, Doc? Um, so as you know, I released a book on Black maternal health and Black maternal mortality um, in December of 2020. Um, so right now I'm working on an updated version, the second edition, and trying to move into print. I'm trying to get in touch with some um, Black-owned publishing companies to make sure that we can, you know, get the information out there a little bit more. Because not everybody has access to a smartphone or to internet or to a laptop or an iPad or what may have you. So I really want to make sure that it gets into rural communities and into the hands of women who may not be able to afford these electronic devices. So trying to move to print um, by the summer of 2021. So hopefully I can make that happen. But honestly, that's just the biggest update in my life so far. Indeed. I mean, wow. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just scrolling through the, uh, your Instagram. I'm in. I'm in these Instagram streets, and uh, I'm like, <laughs> let her give the, her, 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 her. You're not her, supposed her to be in the Instagram streets. You're uh, supposed to be focused on I know, ready I am, to love. I am, I am. I am. Absolutely. I am. But you know, I need to know. Um, you know, kind of content that um, my interviewee, the kind of information that she's putting out there to everybody. And I love <laughs> that you are giving incredible quotes and inspiration with some fire looks. You know what to do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, yeah, quotes. Um, I actually have a folder in my phone for whenever I feel discouraged or unmotivated or when I'm practicing like negative self-talk. I just mm. go through all of those quotes and I, you know, start reading and I immediately feel better. I've been doing that for like the past maybe six or seven years now. And it's really like resonated with me. So definitely mm. would encourage that. Indeed. And, and and to add on to that, as Larry loves to suggest, which I take heed to, go outside, get you some sun, walk barefoot in the grass, Please. get back yeah. connected with earth. I mean, like your the activation will be I mean, you will feel so much mm-hmm. better. Just something that yeah. simple. And why doesn't the medical community push that more? Why don't they push more you know being what? out in the sun, getting vitamin D, <laughs> drinking, like you they, all of the earthly stuff? They do not. They, they don't mention that. What is that about? They don't. Um, you know, I just want to say, first off, I feel like we should have some like Sade or Erica Badu playing in the background because <laughs> <laughs> this conversation about sea moss and, and plants and, and sun, it's just like truly relaxing. But no, I agree with you. Um, that's something that me and my friends, um, my doctor click, we've always questioned, like, why don't they teach mm-hmm. nutrition in medical school, right? Like, right. you would think that they would have some sort of nutrition courses about macronutrients, like protein, carbohydrates, fats, like some Amino sort of acids, background of knowledge yeah. about whole foods, and they don't teach us that. They don't teach us about counting calories and, and you know, um, trying to take in new, they don't teach us any of that in medical school. Mm. So I've always thought that that's a little bit interesting, but then again, we're in America and we're constantly advertising, you know, 
drugs and right. you get these pharmaceutical companies who are making millions to billions of dollars. So right. it's like, yeah, you know, you we want to treat you. We don't want to cure you because if we cure you, exactly. you ain't going to come back. So we don't treat or you. Or prevent it. Right. Or prevent, or prevent it. it. Right? And exactly. So, I mean, it, it's all a part of, um, I think, in, in my opinion, obviously this is not the opinion of a greater university or, you know, anybody else in medicine, but in my humble opinion, you know, as we grow our population, you're going to see more corporations trying to take over the food industry, right? Because they, they got to kill off people somehow. You can't have the population Listen. growing and growing and growing. And then all of us yeah. are sitting here drinking sea moss yeah. and chlorella and spirulina every day. And all of us are living to where a hundred, right? Like you're going to see inevitably these, foods that are not good with us like right. these empty um food stuff and of course they're going to inevitably go to the people who are at the bottom of the totem pole with respect to infrastructure right, right. so yep. you're going to see more black and brown people consuming these foods and yep. you know it made me ask the question that. as to why is bill gates buying up all of this farmland exactly it's so funny um one but that's a whole nother doc. We can't go down that rabbit hole today. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to bring you. But I'm a deaf. Oh, we'll I, definitely have to bring you. I told in. you she was amazing. Yeah, listen here. I told you she yeah, was, was amazing. This was awesome. You I gotta keep your eyes open. Keep come on. Just, <laughs> hey, listen. Keep your eye on your luggage. Listen, hey, <laughs> yeah. this Gambino told us. Okay. Stay <laughs> <out>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, along with y'all, uh, are crazy. Uh, attorney Redwine need to be a regular on the podcast. Yes, absolutely, yeah. mm-hmm. absolutely. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Dre, thank you so much. Uh, this was a fast twenty minutes. Um, please, it please, was. please say you'll come back and we can dig more. Now you you call of her Doctor. I Tell would her. never turn down the opportunity to party with y'all. Like, come on. <laughs> I, I would never. <laughs> we'll have to get together after we see the, the result of Ready to Love. Hey, we'll do I'm down with it. <laughs> uh-huh. Let's do it. Dr. Alexander, will you let everyone know why KG kept calling you Dr. Dre, please? Oh, uh, well, I guess my name is Andrea, but all of my friends growing up, you know, I grew up in Sharpstown, so of course. Andrea is not a common name in those parts, so everybody called me Andrea, Drea, Dre, you know, amongst other nicknames. But, um, yeah, and I guess I have my MD, so Dr. Dre. (laughs) I love it, and that's what you are to me. (laughs) Dr. Andrea Alexander, uh, OBGYN, follow her on Instagram at paging.dr.dre. Thank you. Can't wait, can't wait to talk to you next month. Thank you. Talk to you guys soon. Indeed. We thank everyone for listening to today's podcast. We'll be back next week with a brand new show.